Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello everybody, I'm Blaine Gilmer and welcome to another edition here of Recruiting Every Second on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for podcasting professionals, guys, and this show is all about SEC football recruiting. So excited to have each and every one of you tuning in. Guys, if you don't already subscribe to the show, please do so doesn't cost you anything and we it really helps us out a lot so hit that subscribe button uh, make sure to rate and review as well and you will get to hear all of the latest on these sec each and every sec team as we love to bring on guests like we have today who will be our feature interview is mr kyle sutherland of the hog talk podcast who is also a member of the believe podcast network recorded a interview with him just a little bit earlier in this week so he goes we go a deep dive into arkansas football i think you'll really enjoy that and before we get to that and before we get to the news and notes do want to mention that today's show is brought to you by bet online if you enjoy putting a little bit of extra action on games if you're wanting to just go over there and, and for informational purposes and see what the, the spreads are and see, you know, different odds, things like that, especially after huge impact transfers like Georgia just had with uh, a Rick Gilbert, Darren Kendrick, things along those lines. There's all kinds of stuff that you can glean from over there. But Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered. For all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And we thank BetOnline for presenting today's show, and now it is time to get over to some news and notes. Of course, Today is Friday, June 4th, when this show is releasing, and it is the first day of official visits across the country here. There's been a lot of June 1 opened up, and there was a lot of unofficials and camps and things like that, but over the weekend here is this first round of official visits, and there are a lot of high-profile prospects that are going to shape how the recruiting rankings look across the country because SEC teams largely determine that. The Georgias, 
the Alabamas, and then you even have like our feature topic today, Arkansas out on the the fringe looking to try to get into the top 10 in the race, Florida uh, trying to get, you know, break the glass ceiling, so to speak, under Dan Mullen, where they've been in that 9 to 14 range throughout his time there. So you have a lot of interesting visitors going. One would be Tyler Booker, who went to Florida. Tyler Booker, big offensive tackle, formerly uh, from the Connecticut area, New Haven, Connecticut, moved down to IMG, and Florida got the gets the first shot at him this weekend here on this official visit. He is, by and large, not only the number one offensive lineman on Florida's board, but on Georgia's as well. So you have a SEC battle that's going to take place there. Oscar Nelt made a visit, an unofficial visit to Alabama over the week, which impressed him mightily. Coming into that unofficial visit to Alabama, Georgia and South Carolina – also, Clemson were kind of all considered maybe in the favorites there for Oscar Delp. I think Alabama really helped themselves out a lot. How could they not? It's an impressive place. You get to go visit, meet, you know, the GOAT, Nick Saban, all that kind of stuff that's happening with Alabama over there. It's just it's going to impress you. And the way they throw the, throw the ball around, Oscar Delp could highly probably see himself being used great in that offense so Alabama now jumps into the to the fray there in terms of really being a contender to Georgia who I consider the favorite if you follow me over on my stuff over on ugasports.com the rivals affiliate for the University of Georgia and then also go check out all the rivals sites you'll see that Oscar Delp has several forecasts to Georgia but South Carolina Alabama, it's going to be a three-way battle now in the SEC. Also, Clemson making some noise as well. Then, guys, Arkansas, Nico Davier is a defensive end who, you know, Arkansas wants very badly. A lot of people were predicting him to go there a while back. Now, Oklahoma is kind of making a lot of noise. So, Sam Pittman in Arkansas who we'll talk about a lot here in our feature interview coming up. They're going to have to really fight here to try to try to land Nico Davier, who has a commitment date coming up this later this month. I think it's the 29th of this month. So uh, a battle there for Arkansas to try to keep a guy uh, in the in the fold, so to speak, that they were kind of projected to have, and Oklahoma really making a nice run at defensive end Nico Davier. Also, on the coaching front, LSU fired their offensive line coach, James Craig, just a day after the recruiting period opened, the dead period opened, and it's tremendously confusing timing to be firing your offensive line coach right when the recruiting period opens Ed Orgeron has had a ton of turnover on his staff. He's really kind of cleaned house and, and gotten gotten things out there. Now, with all the rumors that were going around with the, the, the recruiting violations, everything that was going on, who knows if this is related to that. But they go out and they hire Arkansas offensive line coach Brad Davis to the same position, and that is a shakeup over there. So the SEC has a ton of – 
interesting hires going on. Official visits are going to be crazy. So make sure to stay up to date with everything. You can check everything out over on Rivals if you're specifically wanting to look at some of the, the, the Georgia prospects and some news on them. Make sure to go to ugasports.com. You can follow this show using at recruiting underscore SEC. And you can also just catch it over on the Believe Podcast Network. And mine, again, my handle is at bgilmer18. So thank you so much for joining us and uh, hope you will enjoy this feature interview that we have coming up here with Mr. Kyle Sutherland of the Hog Talk Podcast. And now for our feature interview that we promised you earlier, we talked about this episode is going to be all about a deep dive into Arkansas football and the recruiting aspects, everything that goes with it. And who better to do that than a fellow member of the Believe Podcast Network? That is Mr. Kyle Sutherland, who is a co-host of the Hog Talk Podcast. Kyle, appreciate you joining us. Absolutely, Blaine. Look forward to talking with you, man. You know, first and foremost, it's a pleasure to have you on. Secondly, you know, I'm very familiar being a guy who's covered Georgia football for a couple different outlets now for the last few years now with rivals over at UJSports.com. Sam Pittman was a very beloved figure in Georgia football lore, even in the short amount of time that he was there on Kirby Smart staff. And man, has he made an impact, it seems, over at Arkansas football. Just wanted to get your take, uh, kind of a you got your finger on the pulse there of Arkansas football, the fan base, everything. So first year, COVID year, 2020, everything that was involved, just give us a little recap and a snapshot of what life is like with the pit boss out there in Arkansas. Well, you know, like you said, I mean, Arkansas football barely had a pulse when Sam came in. We hated to lose him in 2015 when he was the offensive line coach and took the same position with, with uh, Georgia. But Certainly understood. There was a bunch of rumors that he and Brett Bielema didn't get along and all that stuff. But there was some talk right around the time we knew Chad Morris. See, I, I said that Chad Morris, and there was plenty that agreed that after we lost to San Jose State, there was just really nothing uh, that he was going to be able to come back from, especially as he continued to lose in the SEC, never won a game. And, and as we got closer, or I guess as we got more in-depth with the coaching search, it really became more and more clear that we really needed a Sam Pittman type because Blaine, we didn't need that big splash hire, like the five, $6 million hire, like the Lane Kiffins. That's the first name that'll come to mind there. You needed somebody that was going to breathe new life and make these kids believe kind of what Houston Nutt did when he took over for Danny Ford in 1997, Danny Ford's teams just were at least the, at the end there, they were very divided. I've talked to plenty of players that were on there at the time and, they just said there was a divided locker room. Coach Nutt came in and he he put them all together and they went on a great run in 1998. And I understand that this 2020 team, of course, like you said, it's a COVID year, SEC schedule only. So it was a little bit tougher to do what that 98 team did. But we just needed a guy to come in here and make these kids believe in themselves again. Because under Chad, they didn't want to be on the field. And I, I don't really blame them. After some of the stuff that they went through, I really can't say that I blame them because it was just a really toxic environment. So Sam came in and this coaching staff and himself, they made these kids believe in each other again. And ultimately they ended up getting three SEC wins out of it. And most times in a three and seven year, you're not going to be uh, too happy with that. But 
we know the progress. We know where we have been. Blaine, I've, I've told this story many times, but the 2017, 18, and 19 seasons, I was living in San Antonio. I was born and raised in, in central Arkansas, but I was living in San Antonio at the time. And it got so bad because we only won eight total games during my tenure there. One SEC game, a comeback win over Ole Miss in, in uh, 2017. And I, it got so bad that I would be at the grocery store wearing a Razorback shirt, and I would have people come pat me on the back saying, hey, hang in there. It's going to be okay. I mean, it, it's that is a true story. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of – there's the, there's a lot of A&M fans living in San Antonio, even though we're only an hour from Austin. There's plenty of UT. But I would watch the game, the Southwest Classic with, with them, uh, you know, the one played at Jerry World every year. And so, which obviously everybody knows that. But it, it, it was after about – I guess 2018 and 2019, when we watched it together, they weren't really making fun of me anymore because they just felt sorry for me. So it just got so bad that people around the country, and you saw how the North Texas punt return is still played. When it first happened, it was played on Good Morning America, and it's still on the internet. So it was really just with Sam, you know, as as I rambled on to answer your question there, he just breathed new life into this program, made these kids believe again, and now he's showing it a lot on the recruiting trail, which I know we'll get into. Absolutely. And before we get to the recruits, just did want to mention, you know, everybody, I think, knew from the opening game when they had Georgia, no matter the quarterback situation at Georgia, doesn't matter. They had Georgia on the ropes. I mean, almost dead to rights there before, you know, Stetson Bennett came in and and really uh, just with an understanding of that Georgia offense, breathe life into the Georgia offense like you were talking about with Sam Pittman breathing, breathing life in Arkansas. So not only that game, everybody knew, hey, this is a different this is a different Arkansas team. This is a different different way of style of play, a different belief level. Then they go on and have two-point loss, very controversial to, to Auburn. You know, then you have another couple of close losses at LSU and Missouri. So Every, it, it was very close to being a 500 or even better season for Arkansas. So a lot, I, definitely a lot of progress there. And you're correct. It did start to pay off in the recruiting trail. People saw, I think especially people, uh, recruits in that middle of the country area, that, that you know, Midwest to, to almost Southwest area, seeing Arkansas and being like, hey, this is a place to go. No, no bigger of those recruits, right, than in the, 2022 class now we'll touch on the current class we're in now with Amari and Harris uh we were talking before just one of the biggest human beings there is out there probably playing six he's listed at six on the rivals uh Arkansas side he's listed at six seven three thirty eight I know you have some insight into Amarion specifically but before we get in just to him talk about this 2022 class current class under Sam Pittman well, you know, right now they're 13th nationally and, and sixth in the SEC, and it's it's probably not going to stay that way. You know, we got a long way to go, but just to be there right there. And, and one thing that I really liked what Sam Pittman said, you know, he let a couple of position coaches go and brought some younger guys in at the defensive line posi- position and also uh, offensive, or I'm sorry, tight end, a former offensive line coach and that's uh, now coaching uh, tight ends. But he, he just basically said essentially that we've got to be better in recruiting even when he finished with a pretty solid class last year. You know, finishing uh, 30th, I know his first one, he finished 30th in the country, which coming in off of two, back-to-back two and 10 seasons, you know, that's, that's nothing to shake a stick at. It's, uh, you know, I, I know that some wouldn't be satisfied with that, but I thought he still did a pretty good job. And and even so, I think, I want to say they were in like around 28. I can't remember exactly what, what 21 ended up with. 
the 2021 class, but it was around like the 28, 29 range. And he still just was like, look, he understands being at Georgia, getting some of the guys that he got because Georgia recruits right up there with the Alabamas and the Texas A&M. So he understands exactly what he has to, he's going to have to get to compete in this conference. And, and again, despite what they did in 2021, which was nothing bad whatsoever, he knows it continues to have to get better. And like you said, you got Amarion Harris. You've also got another really solid offensive lineman from Central Arkansas out of Mom L and Andrew Chambly, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, kid that's got plenty of room to grow and put even more weight on and already looks like a, a college, a starting uh, Power 5 tackle. So you've got those guys in your backyard right there. And uh, you've also got Eli Henderson. That's uh, that would, He's actually been recruited by Sam since he was like a freshman or sophomore in high school. So I imagine you probably are familiar with him out of South Carolina. And he was, I think he was the second or third guy to commit to Sam for 22. But yeah, you like those guys right there on the offensive line because that's what Sam wants to do. He wants to build it from the inside out. And then you look at a guy like Rashad Dominion, the one of the two running backs that we have out of Georgia. Now, Jimmy Smith, our running backs coach, uh, he actually goes, Rashad goes to the, the school that Jimmy won a couple of state championships at. So I've said for many years that Georgia is probably the most underrated state in terms of recruiting. We know that there's plenty of talent there, but when you talk about Texas recruiting, you talk about South Louisiana recruiting, you hardly ever hear Georgia mentioned, or you even throw Florida in there too. I, I think that, that Georgia's right there, up there with them and, and what they are able to push out. If you look at Trevor Lawrence, I mean, that's just one guy right there. I think, I think maybe Justin Fields. Justin Fields, they were both out of the state yeah, of Georgia in the same class. Two, yeah, two guys right there and, and that were the top two quarterbacks in the, in the 2018 class, and you just keep going on and on. And so I love what Sam's doing right now. You can't be upset. He's sixth in the SEC when we're used to finishing in anywhere from 10 to 14. And I'm not saying that we won't get there. I think that it'll probably be somewhere maybe in the range of like the seven, eight, nine. We could probably stay in the single digits this year. But just the fact that he was not satisfied. And, then you, and you knew he wouldn't be. But he just continues to put an emphasis, and he always talks about it in so many different interviews that he does and so many different articles that you read that really what the, the what it all boils down to is recruiting. And that's one thing I will say that, you know, Chad Morris and his staff actually did do pretty well. That's the one thing Razorback fans will give him credit for is he did do that pretty well, particularly in the 2019 class, getting guys like Jalen Catalan and Traylon Burks, two of the best at their positions going into the 2021 season. But I love what this class is is about so far. I, I think they started off great, and also too, you look at a guy like Miles Rouser that they got out of out of Michigan. This guy's got offers from Michigan, Alabama, Florida, Florida State, and then you go up there in a territory that I don't really think Sam Pittman. I, I know that at least in, he's got he's got connects all over the country, but I know that Michigan isn't always particularly his strong point, or at least based on what history says, and so. Um, I shouldn't say maybe strong point, but that's just not usually the territory that he covers quite as much. But to go up there and get a guy like Rouser, that, that's huge. And so, uh, you know, so long as he stays committed, which I think he will, and that's going to be a big pickup. But that's that's by far the biggest one that we've got so far on board. Absolutely. And I think any program, if you're trying to get, you mentioned it, Sam Pittman knows in the SEC, you're not just, it's not just good enough to, compete with okay here's the par for basically the rest of the country sec in my opinion and it has proven itself over and over is the most talented conference in the country the hardest conference to play in in the country and when you have that upper echelon of georgia alabama lsu texas a&m now 
because uh, I, I don't really think anybody else in the East is honestly there. I think Florida had a flash in the pan year, and they're going to sink back down. But if you want to get up to that upper echelon, first, Sam Pittman knows he has to lock down the state of Arkansas, which you're, he's doing that. He's getting he's getting seven, he's got seven of the thirteen there. He's keeping the most talented kids there. Then he's expanding the map, like you said, Michigan, Georgia, going different places, South Carolina. So Sam Pittman knows how to attack it from that point. But also there's another trend that's emerging with this new one transfer rule. And I think Sam Pittman had a lot of forethought and insight into this because he knew that, okay, he, he wasn't going to be there to get the, that two, three years of work in advance like you're used to as a coach when you're recruiting. You're recruiting guys two, three, four classes out, right, getting started on that. Well, he knew he didn't have that. So they left seven spots open in their 2021 class to bring in transfers. And so far they've landed six, uh, a quarterback in Cade Renfro, uh, who very talented guy. A lot of people don't talk about him in the competition, you know, coming over from Old Miss with KJ Jefferson, Malik Hornsby, but Cade Renfro, very talented in his own right. Of course, Tykeus Crawford, a big offensive tackle uh, that has, you know, experience from, from Charlotte. So there's a lot of guys uh, just touch on that transfer class and who may make a uh, impact for Arkansas here right away. Yeah, I like Cade Renfro coming in just because that's just another guy with some more competition in the QB room. And and so that's definitely good to have. We had plenty of guys that were that I, I think that it was last year, maybe around four or five. But it's really about when you get to a realistic standpoint, how many of those were going to make an impact outside of maybe Felipe Franks and, and also KJ Jefferson. Now Malik Hornsby came in extremely talented, but he was obviously very raw. He he is incredibly great in the running game, great at, at throwing on the run, but he's still got to polish up his mechanics a little bit. But, yeah, I love, I love Cade coming in, but I love the fact that they did so much in the trenches, particularly getting John Ridgeway out of Illinois State, an FCS player that really didn't get a whole lot of attention because it's FC, you know, and I, I know this is a whole other topic, but we saw the lack of attention that the FCS gets, especially, you know, them playing in the spring this year. I guess some people keep up with it during the fall and all that, but nonetheless, you don't have the, quite the coverage that the, the Power Fives and the FBS do. And so not a lot of people know who John Ridgeway is, but he's a player right there that you can put inside. And also, too, you know, you got a couple of guys from Missouri that, that played for Barry Odom and Markel Utsi and Trey Williams. Now, Trey Williams entered the transport portal and was going to go to Houston, but he's an edge rusher there. And then and then uh, Utsi is, is there going to play on the inside as well as Ridgeway, but I like, like, like you said about Tykeus Crawford, he had some experience coming in from Charlotte and he, I don't know if you know this or not, but he was actually committed when Chad was still on board to the Razorbacks. So our running backs coach, who was now at that time, who was now the head coach at UTSA, Jeff Trailer, he was a longtime high school coach in East Texas and has all kinds of connects there. And that's where Tykeus went was, was Carthage. Yeah. And so we were really excited to have him. Now, after we lost the Kentucky game, he he uh, decommitted. There was a, after the San Jose State game, a lot of our commits were just falling like flies, and you can't really blame them. But we really hated to lose him, and and some of the reason why we think that he wasn't able to come on board immediately because there was rumors that he was going to recommit whenever Sam came on, but he had to get to take care of some great issues. But we're really happy to have him because you you want to have as much as much competition there at the tackle spots. You pr feel pretty good about your left tackle spot with Myron Cunningham coming back, a JUCO guy that, that we had brought in in 2019. But, um, I, you know, I think Tykeus is definitely going to compete for time right away. And, and so 
these were definitely valuable guys that we got in because you really didn't need to bring in a whole lot of skill players. You, you got a lot of those on your roster already that some are proven, some are not. But the fact that they were able to get some guys in the trenches on both sides of the ball, which is what Sam Pittman loves to do, uh, I really like with, with, with what they've gotten there. And, and especially there's quite a bit of experience right there. You don't look at their – you don't go on Google and type in their name and see stats that are going to just jump off the page, but you see a lot of years of experience of, of plenty of SEC competition, at least especially for a couple of them. No doubt. Here on Recruiting Every Second, and we have Mr. Kyle Sutherland of the Hog Talk Podcast with us. Make sure that you go follow Kyle. You can, If you're watching on the YouTube video, you can see it on the screen, but if, if not on the podcast version, it's at K underscore Sutherland. That's S-U-T-H-E-R-L-E-N-D. Then all caps H-T-P for Hog Talk Podcast. Now, Kyle, we've hit on a kind of review of that 2020 year. We've talked about the 2022 class that Sam Pittman is working on right now, and we've talked about the transfers they brought in to make that impact. One thing that is a major topic of discussion is the quarterback position right now It going into the 2021 season. This touches back to recruiting because we like to focus on recruiting here on, on the Recruiting Every Second podcast. Malik Hornsby was, a, I think, one of the more underrated gets for a program, SEC or otherwise, in Sam Pittman's, you know, class when he came in. How, I mean, how talented, just how talented is he? You touched how he is in the running game and throwing on the run. Is he a guy who could actually end up, I know K.J. Jefferson is pretty solid, but is he a guy who could actually end up getting some time and some packages and things like that throughout this year in 2021? I definitely think you can see him in some packages. To me, KJ did plenty, especially in the Missouri game. I think he did enough last year to show that it's so long as he just doesn't completely bomb. We know he didn't bomb spring practice. He did pretty well, and, and he looked pretty comfortable in the spring game. You know, I know you got to take the spring games with a little bit of you know, a couple grains of salt there, but so long as he just doesn't completely bomb fall camp, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be under center or in shotgun, whatever Kendall Bryles decides to do on the first play in game one because he just did plenty to show that he should be the guy at least from the get-go but i definitely would not put it past malik you know he's both these kids are competitors and they were both highly highly recruited and so i think they both have a great relationship it's a healthy competitive relationship that they're going to push each other and then you got kendall bryles one of the the most uh innovative offensive minds in the game there and you've seen what he's done with quarterbacks what he's done with offenses and so i definitely think that there's going to be a package for Malik, not really sure how much reps he's going to get, but but I certainly see that there's plenty, especially they they liked last year, which a lot of times we didn't really understand this. I know that Kendall kind of, especially in year one, had to just take a few chances to see what they could do in certain plays, and it seemed like anytime they ran a trick play, it just didn't work. I don't think that any one of them uh, were successful for various reasons, whether it was a missed block or a misread, whatever it was, but they liked last year to put Malik in goal line situations to try to do some running plays, whatever. And the guy's got world-class speed. And so, right, like we had said, he, he's got it there in the running game. I think he's gotten that taken care of. He's very good at throwing on the run. He's just got to get his mechanics right. And I know that with time, that's what it's going to be. Now that you've had a full year in that offense, you've had a full uh, full offseason, including a spring practice to develop. I think that he's going to look uh, a lot better and, and get more plays in because he really didn't see the field a whole lot last year, or at least in times when it mattered. And so, I, I think that this, again, is just a – a great competition between 
two guys that can certainly uh, make a if, it, if KJ, Lord forbid, is to go down with an injury or struggles or whatever. I feel pretty good uh, about, and I, I feel good saying that without seeing much because I trust what Kendall Bryles can do, and I trust what Malik Hornsby can do, and and I certainly believe that if if he needs to be the guy for whatever reason, that he can probably come in and, and do some things for the offense that that are going to be positive. You know, a point you made there in terms of both guys being highly coveted, highly recruited. And then, of course, Cade Renfro being added to the situation, not too dissimilar from Georgia's situation as well, where they have a guy that's the bona fide guy, JT Daniels, but yes, yet they have a guy like Carson Beck there, who I would kind of equate to Cade Renfro in this situation, and then a five star in uh, Brock Vandergriff that came in. Teams like Georgia and Arkansas, even Alabama now, LSU, that have all these collections of talented quarterbacks. Do you think all these coaches are just stockpiling them because they know now with the transfer rule, hey, one guy's going to play and then somebody's going to be gone? I, I could definitely see that being part of it. I, I think a lot of it, too, is, is just you want to – one thing I've always respected about I, – I love Kirby Smart, but I'll tell you, I think one thing that's really always stuck out to me is – and you saw this especially with Jacob Eason and, um, and uh, oh, my gosh, Jake Fromm. Oh, his name was slipping and then Jake Fromm, and then Justin Fields. You go after some of the guys, I mean, some would say that those were, in each of their classes respectively, the top quarterback. And so Kirby's essentially saying, look, we're going to bring in the best guys because we want the best competition. I love that. I, I absolutely love that he does that. And so, like, I hate that when people say, like, what, and, and I, I can see why they do, but I don't understand why people are, well, you don't want to bring in two guys maybe that are four stars because then one of them's going to end up transferring out. Well, that's fine. You want help, healthy competition in your room. Look, no, no disrespect to, to Nick Starkle and Ben Hicks, but we thought that one of those guys was going to be the savior under Chad because Ben Hicks did some pretty good things at SMU under Chad. And then Nick Starkle, we saw some flashes, especially in the, I think it was the Belt Bowl against uh, Wake Forest where he threw for 500 yards. And so we thought one of those two guys was going to come in and be, you know, the next, uh, like, like the next Ryan Mallett or Tyler Wilson, like we had 10 or so years ago. And that, Obviously, as we saw, was not the case. But I, I think that it is kind of like what you said, just in the world that we're living in, which back during basketball season, we talked so much about the transfer portal with what Eric Musselman does that. And, and it's, it's starting to really pick up in football, too, and especially with this one-time rule they have during the COVID year. And, and so I, I think it is a little bit of a mix of the fact that, yes, they want to have some backup plans there if a guy is to leave. But a lot of it, too, though, is you just especially – in these big dog leagues, you know, and I know that you and I would say that the SEC is the, is the toughest conference and the yeah. results, the results there prove it. There's going to be plenty of people that argue with us on that, but I just go off the facts. It's not, the facts it's not tell questionable, me. Kyle. Yeah, it's, it's really not. Yeah, it's really not. I mean, you go off the, you go off the facts and you, you look at the draft picks, you look at the success year in and year out, you look at the recruiting, the SEC is just second to none. And so these coaches going back to what we talked about with recruiting where Sam Pittman has been to Georgia and sees how highly you have to and how great you have to recruit to really compete for SEC championships. Same thing says right there with, with depth in particular. And lastly, before we let you kind of tell people about uh, the Hog Talk podcast and, and some other ventures you have going on, I want to get, I'm not going to, you know, pressure on a game by game scenario here, but I think what it's going to come down to for Arkansas to, to be in, in my mind, a successful year from Arkansas would be definitely have a winning record. And I think for that to come come down to it, 
the Alabama and Georgia games kind of are what they are. You know, they, sure. everybody knows that's going to be a b- big challenge. You got Texas, Texas A&M, Auburn, Ole Miss, Missouri. That's five games there. I just want to get if you, if you today, based off of your knowledge today, what do you think the the record for Arkansas is in just those five games? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of just go quick through here. So Mizzou, I I, I just can't believe we're going to beat them until we do. Our luck just that they just seem to be rolling sevens every time they play us, whether they blow us out or or whether they beat us 50 to 48, they just seem to be rolling sevens. And I've got, my dad's actually from Missouri. So I've got a lot of family that are from there and they continuously let me know about it. So I just don't believe we're going to beat Mizzou until we actually do it. So I got a loss there. I think we're going to get Auburn finally. We're going to be really upset about last year. And I think they're down. I'm not really sure what how I I'll feel about Brian Harson. The, the jury's kind of out right there until I actually see results from him. So I, I guess there's one and one. Texas A&M. You would hope that you're not going to get beat by them 10 years in a row. They're bringing in a new quarterback. It's probably going to be Haynes King. You would think that that's who it's going to be. They're going to have to replace a good bit. But then again, they've recruited really well. Jimbo, is. this is going to be, what, his fourth year now? And and how many great, like, top 10 classes has he gotten? So, yes, there's some some inexperience, some experience. Were you going to say something? I was going to say, I think I, th- I love that matchup in that game of Barry yeah. Odom versus Jimbo Fisher, kind of in that, that chess match that you're going to see in that game. A new a newish quarterback at Texas A&M versus a year-two defense under Barry Odom. I think that's great. Yeah, and, and so I, I'm going to go – I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead just because I don't like the idea of losing. I mean, I don't like the idea of losing any time, but especially 10 years in a row. Uh, the last time I was in college, the last time we've been – I was actually there. So maybe I should start going to this game again. The last time I was there, we won. So maybe I, I should start start going again. That's but two uh, and one. <laughs> and so that I think we'll beat. Uh, what? See, I got because so I got A and M, Auburn, Mizzou. Now Ole Miss. I think we're going to lose that one. I think they're going to be super PO'd from last year. Just with Matt, there's no way Matt Corral plays that bad again. He's too good of a quarterback for that to happen again. I just I do not see Lane Kiffin allowing something like that to happen again. He's going to try to dial something up and. And I, I just, too. Yeah, it's at, it's in Oxford. I I just don't see that one. I think they're just going to be too upset. So we're at two and two right now. And the last one I think was Mississippi State, wasn't it? Oh uh, no, Tech. I'm I'm giving y'all Mississippi State. Texas is the one that I want to know. Texas. About. Oh, so we're going non-con. Prime in prime time. Yeah, in prime time, six o'clock on the uh, the twentieth anniversary of you know one of the most difficult days in American history on September 11th on ESPN. One of the biggest, you look back to the 60s and 70s, my dad's generation when they were kids, my grandfather's generation, my grandfather wasn't an Arkansas fan, but that generation, they'll tell you, you know, they hated Texas Longhorns. I personally, my most hated team is Ole Miss. I don't really have a problem with Texas just because I wasn't raised during that time. But talking about rolling sevens, uh, like uh, like I had said uh, just a second ago with Missouri, Steve Sarkeesian's role. Ever since Steve Sarkeesian put his personal life and his professional life back together, uh, that guy has just been doing phenomenal things. And great to see, you know, with with what he was dealing with. I'm glad to see that he's got back on his feet. But his offensive mind is just so, I feel like, on a different level than so many, like really any other offensive coordinator. Yeah, I understand that he had all those weapons to work with at Alabama, but what they were doing was just next level. It's just things that I've even talked to offensive coordinators that have that have been an offensive coordinator at the power five level and they can't even comprehend some of the things that he's able to do it's just it's just next level and so 
I want to say we're going to beat them, but that's just one that's just such a I, – I mean, I'll tell you, just just so that way I, I, I give us a winning record in this prediction, I'm just going to go with it. Kind of like I said with Texas A&M, just because I don't like the thought of losing them 10 times in a row. I'll, I'll say that Arkansas is going to win this one. They're going to be super pumped up. There's going to be a full crowd. D.W. Reynolds is going to be absolutely rocking for the first time and probably a long time because even when COVID wasn't a thing, it's not like we had very many people at our games anyways because we were so bad. But it's going to be a packed house there. Fayetteville is going to be rocking. You're going to have people camping out probably all week getting ready to go into the game. And so I'll, I'll give us that Texas game, and I'll say we go three and two in those games. There you heard it, folks, here on the Recruiting Every Second podcast. Kyle Sutherland of Hog, Hog Talk podcast talks a little bit here about the 2021 season and thinks that uh, Arkansas is going to come out with a winning record there in those big games. If, if Sam Pittman beats Texas and Texas A&M in the same year, they're going to build a statue for him oh, outside yeah. to, to get going. But uh, lastly, you know, as we mentioned here, this is the Recruiting Every Second Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Gilmer. You can follow me using at bgilmer18. You can follow Kyle, who's the co-host of the Hog Talk Podcast, who's also on the Believe Podcast Network using at K underscore Sutherland. That's S-U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D-H-T-P for Hog Talk Podcast. And Kyle, I want to give you an opportunity right now to just tell everybody about a little bit about the Hog Talk podcast, uh, kind of what you guys are all about, and also a couple other ventures you're involved with. Yeah, so uh, we we do. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, the the big three, just like uh, just almost everybody. And we're uh, at the Hog Talk on all of those. You can find us on, on those platforms. And we do football, basketball. We do all sports for the Razorbacks. But one thing that makes us unique is we also put a big emphasis on, on women's basketball, softball. Now, thankfully, this has been a year where it's been easy to cover that because we had a really successful year in both of those sports, the women's basketball beating uh, Baylor and UConn, two top five wins, and then our softball team, of course, won the regular season SEC tournament. But we just try to provide as much coverage as we can to all athletic programs because, you know, it's real easy to study. You find out during football season in particular that everybody thinks they can start a podcast. And not to say that you can't. Uh, the biggest reason why people fail in content creation, in my opinion, is because they, they don't stay consistent with it and they uh, they don't stay on schedule. Well, so I guess those two kind of tie in together. But um, and that's that's what you see is you see everybody trying to do football. You see everybody trying to do basketball. And that's great. But you've got to separate yourself from the pack, in, in my opinion. And that's one thing that we've really tried to strive on doing the women's sports, but also extensive coverage on baseball. Uh, I think that that I've got on, on my staff the the greatest uh, mind in baseball, in all of baseball in Arkansas, and Kevin Bohannon. He's known around the state of Arkansas as the baseball guru. He's on every single week on our main radio station, 103.7 The Buzz, talking high school baseball. He does. He also coaches the Arkansas Prospects, which uh, a couple of his former players are currently on the Razorback baseball team that's doing so great this year. And, uh, you know, and he, he does a great job with that. Uh, Porter Hayes is our, we all have our own rules and do, our, do all kinds of different things, but Porter is our women's analyst, and he covers mostly the softball, the volleyball, women's basketball, all that stuff. And then Keith Kelly, who's behind the scenes doing our graphics, running our website, and all that stuff. And so, you know, I, I definitely, Blaine, I can say with full confidence that I, I've got the best team in the entire state. Well, I don't care if, we're, if they're affiliated with the university. Um, it's nothing against, you know, other people in the media. Um, you know, we're not actually credited for football, basketball, or baseball. The, the big three, actually, Kevin is for baseball, but you know, I think that, uh, you know, with what we're able to do and the uniqueness that we have, you know, I, I certainly would 
would put uh, my team that I have up against anybody just because, you know, we truly have a passion for the Razorbacks and, you know, we work hard at it every single day. And, you know, we, we've also got, uh, we've got a great media staff in general uh, that covers Razorbacks, Arkansas State, whatever. We're, we're very blessed to have that in this state, but, but that's what we try to do. We just try to bring attention to all Razorback sports, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, and then also too, I cover high school football from around central Arkansas. Um, just, I mainly do football, get into basketball too. And I try to do baseball as much as I can, but my schedule with their schedule just kind of makes me do that more so remotely, like retweeting and occasional articles and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I host the, the hog talk uh, on Mondays and Fridays. And then I also have a podcast that I do former and current high school coaches that uh, high school football coaches from Arkansas. I've been mainly, I started that back in January. It's called gridiron icons, Arkansas's greatest high school coaches. And I started that back in January. So right now I've been trying to focus on mainly retired coaches that have already capped their careers and everything. And then once I get past those, I'll get into the current coaches that have been very successful, but, you know, very thankful to, uh, to do what I do. And it's just been, it's been a great blessing for me ever since I've been back in Arkansas to be doing this. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, made some great connections through believe all across the sec, all across the nation. And it's just been, uh, it's just been incredible overall to, to talk to all the people that I've been able to. Well, there you heard it, folks. That has been this edition of Recruiting Every Second, a deep dive into Arkansas Razorback football with Kyle Sutherland. And you heard him, too, saying they're not accredited yet in fall. Start a petition. Let's at Sam Pittman and the Arkansas uh, Athletic Department until they get full credentialed over there, guys. Get them all, everything over there at the Hog Talk uh, podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Kyle. And everybody, remember this episode is brought to you by bet online go check them out thank you and we'll catch you next time life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches but there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour walmart plus members save on meeting up with friends Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.